0: fellow f- we are controlling transmission have a trouble with
1: a hey fiends have you entered our dig up the holidays giveaway to celebrate the season we're giving away all kinds of nightmare on film street goodies our new holiday tees our first ever enamel pin stickers and lots more enter now at nofspodcast.com slash contest
0: Fellow fiends, welcome to another terrifying and delectable episode of Nightmare on Film Street. The horror podcast with zero credibility, but all of the blood, ghouls, and gore. Your puny heart can handle. (laughs) Let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim.
2: Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street. I'm John.
1: I'm Kim. And today
2: we are bringing you another Kim Curated Classic.
1: It was not Kim Curated. It was actually group curated this week. I posted the once bitten. It was like a... It wasn't a trailer. It was one of those Facebook videos. You know, those mostly garbage videos. But this one was actually pretty good. It <laughs> yeah, was, this one
2: wasn't a recipe of somebody just mashing <laughs> butter and sugar together.
1: It's healthy! And you're like, no. But the video was starring a young Jim Carrey and it looked absurd and i had never seen it before nor had i even heard of this film you know i may have heard about it but not that i can recall the group like lit a fire about this movie so many people were talking about it It was amazing actually it was pretty mixed 50 50 between people being like no this movie's great and what is this movie yeah (laughs) there was no oh i've seen it it's not good so i in true nightmare on film street fashion forced john to watch it for this week's episode
2: I'm never excited for super bad horror movies.
1: I am always excited for super bad horror movies.
2: There's a time and place for it, but I kind of want to just have a bunch of drinks, laugh, and then think nothing of it. And to sit down and talk about it just is, is such a weird added step.
1: Yeah, but this is, this is at least on our terms. <laughs> very true.
2: My first reaction to this movie was, oh, we should pair this with My Boyfriend's Back. I remember very little of it. On it was our hunt. first
1: instinct to pair it with My Boyfriend's Back, which... Somebody in the group was totally like, "Yeah, pair it with that."
2: It's probably because I couldn't remember a damn thing about it.
1: Yet we, yeah, we still went on this hunt for movies. So we ended up watching.
2: Uh, was it my best friend's of vampire?
1: Yes. I,
2: I didn't. We start. We started it.
1: watching that. Um, we'll get back to it. Great poster. Um, and then we watched Earth Girls Are Easy with Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum. Which
2: if... I think leads me into a very important question, Kim. What's keeping you creepy this <laughs> week? Jeff
1: Goldblum. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum,
2: as always. Mr. Goldblum.
1: Can I just say, though, that mm-hmm. late 80s Jeff Goldblum, Gina Davis is my new life goals. Yeah. Yeah, I fart and love them.
2: Fart and love them. There you go.
1: Don't you love them? Sure. From The Fly. Yeah. From this movie. What else are they? There's Transylvania,
2: another... Transylvania
1: 6-5,000. Yeah. I just... My mouth was like... Yeah. 5,000. <laughs> 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 That's uh, Transylvania Abridged. <laughs>
2: Imagine if Siri was able to pull that out, like 5,000, like, oh, you mean the Jeff Goldblum, Gina Davis classic?
1: We have to do that movie soon. Sure. Do you remember when I came home, or you came home, and I was watching it, and you're like, what are you watching? I'm like, I don't know, Transylvania 3600 or something. But Earth Girls are easy. An odd title, because Gina Davis is all class in this film. Her boyfriend is like a skis ball, and cheats on her with a fellow nurse he's a doctor and then a spaceship lands in her pool with a wayne's brother jim carrey and jeff goldblum as this like furry alien creature who she then takes to her salon and then they look like humans for the rest of the film and there's a dance-off as per required
2: yeah there's a lot of dance-offs in these movies
1: it's a requirement john
2: okay well let's check the box surely Dance off? This movie makes no goddamn sense. Um, it
1: was great, though. It was good fun. And you this just, just...
2: you Okay, so <laughs> if they had have cast anybody other than Jeff Goldblum, would you have given a shit about that?
1: Yes! <laughs> Je- Gina Davis, maybe not. It's but... weird
2: that it's a musical. That's what I'm having trouble getting around.
1: It's not really a musical.
2: There are a ton of musical numbers in that movie. Do
1: they sing?
2: I'm pretty sure it's listed as a musical.
1: I don't think so. They,
2: tr- they communicate through music, mostly.
1: Nope. I disagree.
2: That's how they they learn English phonetically.
1: Whatever through sound. Oh, you're thinking too much about these movies. You need to turn your knob down for horror comedy. You need to turn it from like horror genre indie to horror comedy 1992.
2: Okay, not only was there a musical number when Gina Davis had her makeover, which I'm assuming I'm assuming they do for everybody. There's a musical number when the guys have their makeover.
1: Okay. I know we're not officially talking about this film this week, but I just—it <laughs> sure sounds like it. Uh, this one moment I think everybody needs to recall or find on YouTube is when they're doing the makeover on all of the aliens, and Jeff Goldblum comes out of his pod and he is dreamy as fuck,
3: right. and
1: he does this like flippy hair, smize thing. Do you not even you have to admit how dreamy he was when he came out? He was just like, hmm.
2: Sure, I suppose. I don't really know...
1: So yes, that. Yeah, yes, sure. Yes, Yes, of course.
2: <laughs> Gina Davis looked dangerously skinny in that movie.
1: I think it's just because she's so tall. Maybe. Yeah, I'm, that's another one of those movies that I was so surprised I hadn't seen. Why was Earth Girls Are Easy not playing on TV all the time when we were kids?
2: Mainly because it's about a bunch of dudes
1: chasing women. Yeah, but I would say it's more campy and less sexual. I mean, the title is pretty sexual, but the film is more about love, and Gina Davis is really like a surfer girl. She's so easygoing about these aliens, and her character is just like, meh, the entire film. Like, I think she's got depression that's undiagnosed, and she's Hmm. just, like, coasting, because she doesn't give a fuck. Also, her decor sense is amazing. Why don't you like this film? I
2: didn't hate it. I just thought it was okay. Halfway through, I knew we weren't going to do it for the podcast, so I was just like, well, we're wasting precious time right now.
1: Yeah, it wasn't horror enough, but... Oh, man, I loved it. I want to watch it again. It was good,
2: yeah. I'm sure I'm going to get, like, hate for not absolutely loving it. You
1: should get hate.
2: (laughs) Whatever. It was was good.
1: It was wonderful. All right, John, then what is keeping you creepy this week?
2: You know, you guys might not know this about me, but I own... (laughs) I own a lot of ugly Christmas sweaters, uh, some by choice and some just that family has given me.
1: Uh, some with pugs on them.
2: Some with pugs, <laughs> some with pizza. I even have a Jack Skellington one that doesn't fit anymore, but I refuse to get rid of it because...
1: One day. One day, yeah.
2: <laughs> we just made our own ugly Christmas sweater, which is perfect if you're just trying to inject a little horror into your Christmas morning, and I can't wait to wear it.
1: Yeah, I expect very soon there's going to be a cheesy matching photo of you and I in our matching sweaters. I'm very excited for that. But if you want to grab your own, they're available for a limited time on our web store. You're gonna to have to pick them up very soon, though, to get them in time for Christmas. Right now, we're gonna be shipping them all priority, and all of the cutoff dates are actually on the listing, so you can check out if it'll make it to you in time. I think the last date to order for U.S. is December 11th, to so just to ensure holiday delivery. If any of you are getting them for gifts, but you should definitely check them out. They're super cool. They say "Stay creepy." There's bats and skulls and right? all kind of tech. Technically Christmasy but mostly horry goodness.
2: It's great. And honestly, we should keep whatever remaining stock we have after Christmas for half Christmas.
1: Half Christmas. Right. That's great.
2: Half Christmas is the best. You get to drink you get a keg of eggnog, you are it in the work parking lot. Ew. It's from workaholics. Oh. <laughs> this isn't just an idea I have. I'm like, what but we should get a keg of eggnog, you We know. do
1: it's not eggnog.
2: <laughs> no, I'm not a I'm not a nogger, but I'll invite people over and live vicariously. Here, I bought you nog. Yeah. <laughs>
1: drink it. Come
2: to my house. Act like an idiot and drink this. Drink
1: your nog. <laughs> I have procured it.
2: Now say thank you. <laughs> Wear this sweater.
1: <laughs> and before we finish up the Keeping Us Creepy segment, I also have a recommendation for you guys this week. If you are on Shudder, You have to go check out The Nightmare. It's from Germany. It's from 2015. It's not quite horror but it's definitely really weird and if you like our normal indie horror recommendations you're really going to love this. It's kind of a creature feature. It's kind of psychological. It's kind of fantasy and it's got a lot of themes and I'm still kind of unpacking them all but I loved it and it's still sitting with me a few days later. I haven't gotten John to watch it yet but we're gonna sit down and watch it and hopefully we can kind of have a discussion together about it oh definitely yeah we were thinking maybe something for patreon so keep your eyes peeled for that but definitely go check it out it's on shutter just landed the beginning of this month and it is so good
2: Thank you for being intentionally vague. I'm looking forward to watching it.
1: Yeah, I'm trying. I don't like when people ruin movies that are really indie and it really hinges on what's going on in the film because I don't be like, this thing happens and is it real or isn't it real? Like, just watch it. It's kind of ambiguous, but it could be a whole host of things. Got it. It's great. But let's get into these movies this week. So this week, we haven't even said both films.
2: Have we not? No.
1: So this week, we are talking. Yeah, we have. Have we?
2: We've talked about my boyfriend's back. Did we? A few times. Okay. Yeah.
1: Let's get into it. Let's start with Once bitten.
0: Mark Kendall's a regular guy. Get me out of here! With normal problems.
3: I want to, but I want it to be special.
0: But Mark's just discovered... Hello. (laughs) <laughs> that is one night stand. I haven't had anything this pure since the Vienna Boys Choir hit town. Has been around for centuries. I'm 390 years old. 400 if you're a day. Mark Kendall is necking. Finally happened with a vampire. Did I enjoy it? Now <laughs> he's losing his what? girl.
3: You bit my lip.
0: His customers. Let's get out of here. <laughs> his image.
2: Look, I'm not
0: there. And his mind
2: oh wow i love your
0: outfits i'm not wearing a costume mark's got to choose
2: it's like you're not the mark i thought i knew you look like jerry lewis
0: between his first love
1: i'm the owner of the pants you've been trying to get into for the last four years
0: and his last date how would you like to spend eternity with me i can't i gotta go to college before his future goes up in smoke
3: how'd you like your crotch set on
0: fire Ooh, rough trade Nothing is sacred in a tasty comedy. Can I have one of those uncooked ones? You can sink your teeth into. How was it? Delicious. Once bitten. bitten. I don't want to be a vampire. I'm a day person.
1: Got this um, soap opera filter on it. <laughs> like they filmed it in a porn mansion. They definitely filmed it in a porn mansion.
3: 5.5 uh,
1: 5 out of 10 on IMDb and an 18% on Rotten Tomatoes.
2: Oh, Ebert didn't see this movie? No. No.
1: Maybe he did, but it's. Not on
2: Google. (laughs) He won't admit to
1: it. (laughs) So, if you are uninitiated with Once Bitten, it is Jim Carrey's first leading role in film. Um, might be his first major film role in general.
2: Yeah, if you haven't seen it, Jim Carrey, a sexually frustrated teen, as they all are, is bitten by a vampire. And... Hilarity ensues. That's really it. There's nothing to this movie.
1: And the plot. I feel like it came out even too late for the sensibility at the time because Jim Carrey is an asshole. The character (laughs) is an asshole. And I'm watching this without rose colored glasses. I don't have nostalgia for the film. I just saw it a week ago. What the fuck! He is such a butthole. His girlfriend wants to protect her virginity, isn't ready to have sex yet. He tries to have sex with her in his ice cream truck around a whole bunch of other couples that are having sex, grease style. That was eater.
2: probably the funniest. The part funniest of the entire part of the film. Movie. Movie. He stands yes. outside, super frustrated, and you can see every single car is just rocking in the parking lot. They're parked inches away from each other.
1: So Jim Carrey wants to lose his virginity so bad that he takes his two loser pals to some weird hookup club in LA mm-hmm. and i don't know if these are a real thing obviously they were it's maybe like um instead of a speed dating it's telephone club and you have phones on every table and, you can and dial the phones up a table. can call other tables that would be fun if you know sex wasn't on the menu. If it was like, oh, those ta- that table looks like a fun couple who would play board games, let's call them over. But no, it's just for swinging and shit. Can
2: you imagine? I You could just find a dark corner and just get a what? ton of phone calls. Oh,
1: I thought you are like what? find a dark corner no. and play some Yahtzee. And I'm like, is this a... What? What's
2: is the- Yahtzee a euphemism for something? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, as long as you're not... F- like right in the middle of that entire club you could just be answering phone calls and saying like i'll think about it buy me a drink and then just leave after an hour like "Eh, not yet buddy
1: that whole concept of that club just baffled me so the entire time when they were there i was first of all i was like he has a girlfriend what is he doing
2: and he's totally cool with this his friends talk him into it oh let's go cruising the strip
1: oh my god because
2: you've waited long enough more or less right
1: We forgot to talk about the montage when they go to L.A. I'm
2: sorry, which montage? There are a
1: few. So the montage when they're going to L.A. (laughs) takes 12 years for them to get to the club because they're driving in this car. There's a woman walking a lion down the street. Funny. They actually, in the trivia for the movie, they didn't film that. It wasn't in the script. They just hired a company to do a montage for the film because montages were so hot then. Oh, God. And it was just this random L.A. montage that they just spliced into the film. What? Yeah. So they just
2: shot Jim Carrey and his buddies sort of reacting to stuff that they couldn't wasn't see. wasn't
1: in the script. wasn't in the plot. Like, they weren't going to do it. And then they were like, you know what this film needs? A montage. Who has ever said that? Wow. You know what we need? More montages.
2: What if they were just trying no. to like pad it out? Like this movie's coming in at seventy nine minutes, guys. Like we walking need a
1: lion. Seventy
2: nine minutes? Oh yeah, we could put in a few montages. Like, cool. Yeah, okay, cool. We'll have it done by lunch. Like, oh man. That, the,
1: the lion. Oh. If you need an example of this entire film as a whole, you just need to look at the weird woman walking a lion. Doesn't quite fit in. You don't quite understand the tone. And is it threatening? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> this film is kind of a comedy, but it doesn't quite have a voice, and it's a weird tone. Like, we were talking about, how have we never seen this film before? Because it's so sexual in nature, and it doesn't, it's not ambiguous or quirky or campy about the sexuality. It's pretty blatant about the sexuality. This <clears throat> couldn't have played on a Sunday afternoon without some major cutting and overdubbing. Whereas most films were were at least tongue-in-cheek about the sexuality. All the teen films coming out around this time were about losing it. Mm -hmm. but at least they were done in a way that kids could kind of watch it and it would fly right over their heads. This is just, it's about sex.
2: Yeah, in the opening of the movie, the vampire, who I think her name is just the Countess. Yeah. She doesn't have a name. She's the Countess. She needs, this is the real plot of the movie, right? Like, one, Jim Carrey wants to lose his virginity. Cool. The Countess needs to eat three virgins by Halloween night?
1: I don't think it's three. I don't quite know the rules. I think it's three, but she needs
2: to have her third
1: Oh, I just, she needs to have a virgin, and then there's this weird joke about how there's no virgins in L.A., and everybody's all like, and then the young. No, there's no
2: virgins anywhere, is what they say.
1: Yeah, the oldest one they could find was 11, and she was like, no.
2: I'm not, that's (laughs) Disgusting. I couldn't possibly so essentially it's like I'm not gonna have sex with an 11 year old maybe it's that she needs to eat the virgin's blood drink the virgin's blood three times maybe that's what I I'm think confusing that's it with. yeah
1: I think that's it because oh, that's okay. why it doesn't work out in the end because she only drinks him twice and she's trying to drink him a third time instead of just doing that she kidnaps his girlfriend to lure him back to the castle. who is
2: also a virgin yeah. By the bye
1: and. Both of his friends who are there, who are, are all vir-
2: are virgins. These vampires are the worst scouts. They obviously want the Countess dead. It's like, nope, no virgins anywhere. No, we've been to every high school, and they're all, they've, they've all lost. Everybody
1: it, else right? in this virgin, er, <laughs> everybody else in this movie who's not a vampire is a virgin. Basically. Yeah. Everyone.
2: That sounds honestly like Except high school. Except for that
1: lion. Except <laughs> for the lion.
2: How does he wind up with her again? I don't so even remember. So she's
1: at that stupid hotline bar. Yeah. And she's sitting at the bar, and she calls him. Does that seem like the good place to find a virgin? No. A
2: bar where like all the like the shadiest the people fifty in the plus town? year old
1: men go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so she picks him up, and he willingly, not hypnotized by any vampires' kiss or nothing, goes to her McMansion. Kim, and... I don't
2: think you know what it's like to be a like a. 15, 16-year-old boy.
1: Okay, a single 15, 16-year-old boy is fine. He could have dumped her and been like, you know what, I can't wait, hon. And to at least, like, close off that window. But no, you know how didn't look. say anything. Have you ever seen those... those
2: videos of farmers walking around with divining rods? And, like, no matter how hard they try, they can't keep them away from each other because when they find water, it just, like, immediately flies. Okay. Yeah, I think you see where I'm trying to go with this.
1: Those divining rods could have broken up. <laughs> <laughs> Before they started dividing. That's all I'm saying.
2: No, I, I know. I'm not
0: trying...
1: They're just... Oh, my God. It So, Willingly goes to her McMansion. She... Bites the buttons off his shirt. I'm going to say this, because I'm, 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 it sounds like I'm being oddly specific, but it happens at least three more times in the film.
2: They make it sound like biting buttons. This movie was written by a virgin. It's written
1: Th- by the Pussycat Doll.
2: <laughs> this, is that in a Pussycat
1: Doll thing? No, they have a song about buttons. Do they? Yes.
2: Is it about biting buttons off a shirt?
1: It's about buttons.
2: <laughs> it's just about buttons. Oh, man. They seem to think...
1: That's biting foreplay. buttons off it's, a shirt yeah. is something
2: everybody does before sex
1: no that's what vampires do because they're so seducy
2: they bite your
0: buttons
1: bite your buttons
0: I mean you know m- most uh, most people don't do things and uh, I think that uh, that I mean that's they you you do I mean you do uh, you're 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 a doer I mean you are a
2: doer and, uh, and you 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 do you're a you you uh, Beautiful dress, too. I have a picture of my family in my wallet. You know, might take a look as long as you're down there.
1: Ow! It's <laughs> so, like, what? It doesn't make sense. Okay, so then he passes out at her place, and he wakes up without pants on, and there's this really uncomfortably stereotypically gay butler she has Mm -hmm. who appears with orange juice and it's kind of just hovering around the entire film just to remind you that the people making the film have odd sensibility about gay people we'll get we'll get back to that later and he assumes they've had sex he goes back to high school girlfriend finds out shit goes down
2: but he's like honestly like i don't even remember it it just happened and Uh, you know you weren't putting out
1: yeah and he, he does he does that like gaslighting thing where it's like, it's your fault, Robin. You didn't put out, Robin.
2: Yeah, I didn't want to do it, but... Robin? uh, Robin. (laughs) They've been dating for six years at this
1: point. I think it was four years. They said six years, but then they said four years later on. So then, there is the best dance-off. Now, I have things to say about the tone and the comedy of this film. I don't think the jokes quite land, and I didn't really laugh a whole lot. Nope. But the dance sequence redeemed the whole film for me. I watched it three times.
2: <laughs> How is it that all these shit movies have great dance sequences? So good. I mean, like, they're not great. Like, nobody's nobody's like, Jesus Christ, it's like Danny Kaye and Fred Astaire have just been reanimated. No, no, none of them can dance.
1: Okay, the best part about this dance sequence, the actress that played Robin, the girlfriend, definitely a dancer. That's probably why she was hired.
2: I would think so. She's dressed as uh, Jill. Jill. And he's supposed to be Jack.
1: But he didn't dress up. No. Jim Carrey has actually got some pretty good moves. It's the first time you've seen Jim Carrey do his physicality in the whole film. And then the actress that plays the Countess, Lauren Hutton, was like an ex-supermodel, does not dance... At all. Basically
2: shot from the waist up the entire scene, right? The,
1: so they're supposed to have this like he's mine dance off between the two girls and oh. the vamp, the vampire is doing as little dancing as possible. No, she's just kind of like hypnotizing him hips. over. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Robin dances circles around her. Jim Carrey is awesome in that scene though. He does he some insane good. stuff. And he's, he's lanky in the way that we know him now but because he's so young it's cool to see how I don't know how much raw talent he had or whatever you say. You are not up with dance scenes, and I'm really not happy with it right now.
2: <laughs> I just don't like these movies. The dance scene's absurd. It lasts like eight minutes. It was minutes. so
1: good. Can I it... sang the song for the entire weekend.
2: Okay, well, the song's not hard to learn. Here are the words. Uh, hands off. He's, He's my property.
1: property. <laughs> hands off. That's it. That's
2: all it is. That's okay. He's
3: I've
2: inserted a clip right here. There's
3: no big deal. Oh, good. Sorry, stop singing? Yeah, <laughs> That
1: dance sequence gets an extra point for me.
2: It's one of two or three songs that were definitely commissioned for this movie that were used several times.
1: Once bitten.
2: Oh, man. (laughs) Do they even say in Twice Shy? Because I don't know any of the other words.
1: I don't think so. Don't you love that weird soft spot of teen movies where they all had their own theme song? I mean, Mean Girls doesn't have a theme song. Why didn't it come out with, like, Mean Girls with the burn book? (laughs) Movies should do that now. You know... They need their own theme song.
2: There were some dark days in Hollywood. Coming soon on
1: video cassette.
2: We've made it out of them alive.
1: And, and other cassettes. And I don't
2: want to be dragged back into it. And other cassettes.
1: <laughs> Oh, man. Is there anything else to say about this movie? Oh, okay, so to the, we'll, we'll spoil the ending for you because just in case you haven't watched it in a while. The vampire kidnaps the girlfriend because it's so much easier to kidnap a girlfriend to lure the guy over, and yeah. then they deter the vampires, and there's a whole bunch of vampires, with some random wall torches.
2: You completely glossed over the the scene where he goes to see her at work. She works at some sort of department store, and the vampire's in the dressing room.
1: Pulling his buttons!
2: (laughs) Yeah, biting off his buttons, drinking his... Okay, so for the entire movie, you're not 100% sure whether he's sleeping with the vampire. We find out later from a very stereotypically Indian? I don't know, from a, like... Oh
1: my god, we forgot to talk about that. So...
2: She goes to a librarian who's essentially an even more of a caricature than, say, Apu is in The Simpsons.
1: Oh, the whitest of white guys playing with this full, comically bad Indian accent.
2: It's like Mickey Rooney in... Breakfast at Tiffany's this trying to was, do the Japanese landlord.
1: You know what I thought you were going to mention was the gay scene where they're all in the shower at the gym and the friends trying, are trying to find the vampire bite on his thigh. Yeah, so
2: the librarian tells her that like these vampires will find will drink the blood of virgins and he goes, "But, you know, where would you find a virgin these days?" Mm. So, when he explains that there should be bite marks on the, his inner thigh, she commissions Robin commissions his friends to to spy on him while he's showering.
1: And it is
2: It's a very long scene.
1: It is a very long scene. And it just shows that like weird no homo phase that was going on. I guess maybe he is still going on. Yeah,
2: it's it's interesting when you watch movies from say twenty years ago where
1: Somebody literally shouts fags in the shower. And they all and run like, out. Oh my god.
2: It's it's really interesting that not even necessarily being gay, but being perceived as gay when you are not gay is well, a fate worse than death. And
1: then there's a whole scene afterwards where Jim Carrey's like, what was it, that scene in the shower? And the two friends are so worried about being seen as gay. They're
2: like cripplingly depressed at this point. He's like, our
1: lives are over,
2: man. We might as well move in and get his and his towels. Like, okay, cool, we'll do it. Uh,
1: that dance scene, though, I mean...
2: Okay, so the movie can do no wrong if the dance scene is still included. I see how this movie got made.
1: Yeah.
2: From there, yeah, Robin's kidnapped, and we make our way back to the Art Deco funeral home that they're living the in. The M- mansion. There's no way it wasn't a spa, right?
1: Yeah, there was that weird hot tub room where they had all the coffins, yeah. but the, none of the water was running. So. I was,
2: I actually thought it was a funeral home until we got to that weird spa room.
1: Yeah, it was really weird. The only room that they dressed, I feel, like, of the set was the living room that they spent so much time in. They just put a painting up of the Countess, and that was really it.
2: Yeah, nothing says money. Old, rich, vampire money. Yeah, like one painting and a carpeted, sunken living room. Uh, I hate sunken living rooms. I kind of like them. Why?
1: I don't know. Trip people up when they're drunk? (laughs) (laughs) You can never become an alcoholic with a sunken living room. Um, So kidnap's girlfriend. They all go they deter vampires with single torch. Yeah. And then they're running around the McMansion for like eight minutes too much time. And then they thwart the vampire just in time by climbing in a coffin and getting it on. Yeah. And so the moral of the story is is that girls shouldn't be prudes.
2: Here's, here's the best part, though. Uh, they open the casket, and when Robin pops her head out, she spits a button at the vampire. Like, okay, so and Jim even Currie- Robin oh. thinks that this is what you're supposed to do. And
1: Jim Carrey sits up and he's smoking two cigarettes. Yeah. I mean, lessons for girls-wise, not so great. Perception of gay people and other races-wise, not so great. But it did have a really good dance sequence, and I guess it is a product of its time. I don't know, though. Do you guys think that this movie is funny? Like, what did you laugh at? Because it's, it's funny in a removed way like i'm laughing at it but i don't know if if i would have been laughing with it no do you did you laugh with this movie at any point
2: the only scene i laughed at was was that scene at like make out creek yeah make out parking lot because it was absurd it was really over the top uh, and i was expecting more of that in the movie but no 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 this movie was just nonsense
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think I liked it. The stuff that bothered me, it bothers me with now eyes, and I can kind of... It's not too ill-willed in the film. It's just not acceptable now. It's not like they were trying to be super against gay people. That, But it's hard to watch now and be okay with those things. But that dance sequence...
2: Ugh, always with the dance sequence. It was what's...
1: as good as Top That, John, from Teen Witch.
2: Well, that remains to be seen. Uh, what's your rating for the movie?
1: I'm gonna go with a one and a half out of four.
2: I'm going to go a one out of four.
1: Yeah, I bumped it up because the dance was so good. Ugh,
2: what is with you and the bumps? Like, there's there's a dance off bump, there's a nostalgia bump. All I can of, bump all of the whatever bumps.
1: I want to bump. I'm a free woman. All right. Next film?
2: Yeah, come on, let's 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 get on with it. <laughs> you can tell I was excited to watch these movies.
1: You need to like bad movies more.
2: No, I can't. No, I don't, and no, I can't.
1: Next up is My Boyfriend's Back from 1993.
0: They say you only get one chance at life, but for childhood sweethearts Missy and Johnny, true love will never die.
2: My He came back from the dead
0: for me. He's a stinking zombie, you idiots! He may be dead, rats, but his heart still beats for the girl that he loves.
2: I would love to go to the prom with you.
0: God! Pretty damn active for a dead guy. My boyfriend's back. Rated PG-13.
1: Currently sitting at a 5.4 out of 10 on IMDb and a 14% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is lower than once bitten.
2: Which is crazy. You know, it might just be... No, actually, I don't know. I was going to say it might be that Rotten Tomatoes was around. No, it was not. There's Mm -hmm. no fucking... Who who do I think I am?
1: (laughs) So my boyfriend's back was actually surprisingly enjoyable.
2: You'd be amazed how many times I watched this movie as a kid.
1: Oh, really? Oh,
2: I've seen this movie at least a dozen times. Going into it, all I really remembered, because I couldn't really sell you on it, was uh, loves a girl, dies, comes back from the dead. I don't remember why. There's a really weird dream sequence where he's having sex with her in a wrestling ring while her dad's, like, the ref. And that was kind of about it. But watching it, so many scenes, like, clicked back in my head. Oh, my God, I remember this being my favorite part, and I remember this being really absurd. But I felt like I watched it with fresh eyes.
1: I didn't realize that you had seen it so many times because you are like, yo, watch this one. And it had a lot of comic booky stuff.
2: I don't remember and that at a, all.
1: a lot of monologuing, like voiceover monologuing. So
2: much narration.
1: At first I was, this is very bad. And then I was, Is this still happening? And then I just bought into it, and I was like, this is terrible, and they're still doing it. Oh, my God.
2: Nothing spells bad to me, like showing clips or scenes from the climax of the movie and going, but we'll get to that later. Oh,
1: my God.
2: I I never, ever, I don't think anybody does it anymore, but I never want to hear it again.
1: writing (laughs) gold.
2: Okay, by the way, do you know who wrote the script for this movie?
1: Who wrote the script for this movie?
2: Dean Laurie, who wrote Jason Goes to Hell. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I think both of these movies came out in the same year.
1: Wow. I do want to say, though, before we get too deep into the movie, My Boyfriend's Back is the best title ever. It's great. It is such a good title. The original working title was Johnny Zombie. Also good. No, terrible, Very awful, good. worse. No, you don't even know what that is, Johnny Zombie. No,
2: I have no idea what it is.
1: My Boyfriend's Back is great, though. The weird thing about it is... He isn't her boyfriend. Not at all. The entire film.
2: Not at all. She
1: never gives him a title. And I think that's on purpose because he's dead. (laughs) Even when
2: he's dying, though, she's like, yeah. yeah." So
1: (laughs) he loves this girl. She doesn't know who he is. Typical story. She works at a convenience store. Who's making a
2: teenage girl work at a convenience store in the middle of nowhere? Screenwriter. Okay.
1: <laughs> so he goes in, him and his friends set up this thing, he's going to pretend to rob the store, and Johnny is going to be the hero, when he's going to defend her honor against the weapon-wielding assailant. Yeah. When it happens, it goes down, a real robber comes... So great. Steals the friend's <laughs> mask, goes in with a real gun. Yeah. Johnny gets shot in the chest, trying to be a hero, and mm-hmm. dies immediately.
2: It's great. The best part about it, he... He's shot. He's staring at the bullet wound. And he says, will you go to the prom with me? Her response? Absolute gold. Because she's not overwhelmed. And she's like, of course I will. Yeah, anything. She (laughs) still hesitates. Like, uh, yeah. (laughs) Like, not even like, this is something that we shouldn't be thinking about right now. But I don't have another answer that I'm allowed to give.
1: Yeah. So much was conveyed in that, uh. -uh.
2: (laughs) He gives a thumbs up to his friend. And dies immediately,
1: and then he comes back. They yeah. have a funeral for him, and then he just comes back.
2: That funeral scene's brilliant. First of all, I think I'm just nuts about POV shots from. I, mean, I knew he
1: was <laughs> How did I fucking know? I love those shots. So- there are a lot of really good shots in this film. Like, there's a point where Johnny's riding around the town on his bike, and then it does a weird, just a three-second POV from the front of his bicycle, and it looks great, yeah, it super looks good. fun. So needless. Same as that POV shot. Looks great, but just is like the director was like, "I'm gonna shoot it down here today," and they're like, "Okay." Yeah. Um. And then they just cut it into the film, and it happened. The best part, though, about this film is that he reanimates. He's a zombie, technically. There's no rhyme or reason. There's no curse. There's no gypsy. There's no magic spell. There's no incantation. He just comes back, and the gravedigger knows all about it. It just happens, and he's so nonchalantly. it's just like... Hey, how are you? Oh, you, you are... look like you crawled out of a grave.
2: Oh, he's. He, this is my probably my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah, you know we haven't had anybody uh, come back from the dead, in, oh, I don't know, 15 years now. No, he, just... said he said
1: Thanksgiving. <laughs> six... oh, yes, it's Thanksgiving. I
2: thought he said Thanksgiving 15 years ago. But yeah, he's just brushing him off. You get the impression that he is also from back from the dead, right? Oh, the maybe. grave digger. Because he's like, oh no, no no no, you you can't leave the cemetery. You cannot go out there. And He's like, what was that? I'm already across the road. Goodbye. Yeah, I, I, I like the idea that there's no curse, there's no nothing. It's just his want to take her to the prom was so great that he wouldn't like he even let the him. graves... Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? Ain't no grave gonna keep my body dead. So,
1: and then that the film carries on in that style of nonchalant to undead because nobody bats an eye about him being Back from the grave.
2: Especially his parents.
1: And it is my favorite thing about this movie. The parents' response to everything is so funny. My favorite scene is when Mom calls the doctor. Johnny, breakfast is ready. Coming, Mom. No,
0: thanks, Mom. Ooh, look a little pale this morning, son. I'm dead, Dad.
1: How about some eggs?
0: Not hungry.
1: Not hungry, sister,
0: here. you hear him? We've got a temperature? Of course not. I just told you I'm dead.
2: Well, I'm calling Emil Bronson.
0: I am not going to Dr. Bronson. I'm not that desperate. Ho, 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 ho. I guess I know one young man who's not going to go to school today. Hello, Dr. Bronson. This is Marge Dingle.
1: Uh, Dr. Bronson, the reason I called is our son Johnny died the other mm. day. And I was wondering if you could take a look at him. Would you like to talk to him? Mm. Sure. Johnny?
2: Yeah, his parents are played by Mary Beth Hurt, who I, I always recognize but am unfamiliar with. A- and also Edward Herman, which, I mean, everybody's going to know from The Lost Boys, right?
1: The head vampire! <laughs> I'm sorry if I spoiled it. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, guys! 30 years in the making.
2: <laughs> hey, that movie's probably older than 30 years now, right? I think when it's did it come
1: 88.
2: In? 88, 89 era? Okay, yeah. Or maybe
1: earlier than that. Maybe it's 87?
2: Either way, it's 30-ish years It's as old as Kiefer Sutherland looks.
1: Oh. For good or bad. Remember him in Flatliners for no reason?
2: (laughs) Ooh.
1: I sure don't.
2: Who is more attractive, Kiefer Sutherland in Flatliners or Kiefer Sutherland in The Lost Boys? I want answers.
1: Oh, God. Right? I don't even think I could answer that.
2: I don't take you as a Kiefer Sutherland gal anyway. I'm not. This is the perfect question. You like dangly earrings? No. You into lots of scarves and chains? And I
1: also don't like mullets. (laughs) And...
2: Well, goodbye that entire decade.
1: And I don't like that weird, like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer vampire brow. Where oh. they remove, the, like, the actual eyebrow and give them this weird wrinkly scowl. Yeah. I do not like that. No, that's about it. It's not attractive.
2: It makes them look like bearded dragons.
1: Or like, like Neanderthals.
2: Hmm. But they have been around for hundreds of years. Makes yeah, sense. but they're also
1: supposed to be, like, suave and... In my mind, a sexy vampire is aristocratic.
2: Like a Stuart Townsend sorts. Maybe. Oh, perhaps.
1: The Crispin Glover of vampires. I don't even think he's played, has a, vampire. He played a vampire. He's played a vampire? He just is a vampire in real life.
2: That's. <laughs> I, I he's follow one him of the on day-walking Instagram. vampires.
1: I follow him on Instagram, and he just uploads photos of <laughs> him remodeling the castle he owns so on here's... the private island that
2: he has. Well, here's the most fascinating thing about that these it? are
1: my frescoes.
2: Yeah, he did. There's, there's one series of photos that I was looking at um, where there's a very long hallway that is separated by doors every five or six feet, uh, and he was taking photos through each door working his way back. It was great. It, it looked like the most fun flipbook that's ever been put on Instagram, but what's fascinating about that castle is that he's restoring it to what it actually was. It's not like he's just like, oh, this wallpaper would look good here. It's that he's going through blueprints. He's going through original pieces and artwork and just diaries of the people that own it the place and literally restoring it to how it was in the
1: 1800s i think the best part about that is he's doing it with hot tub time machine money
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh that's good
1: what else happens in this movie so he comes back nobody cares he goes to school nobody cares oh my god the bully is philip seymour hoffman
2: right i i wouldn't expect my he has an oscar right uh, i feel like
1: he should yeah
2: Actually, I don't does know. Does he have an Oscar? He's been nominated dozens of times. I
1: think he does.
2: He has to have one.
1: He maybe he got one like post
2: posthumously. I was
1: like posthumously. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, John, help me!
2: <laughs> I'm sunken in my chair and I can't get out. I, I'm
1: trying to words I can't.
2: <laughs> I don't know that he's won an Oscar. Uh, surely he has.
1: He has to have. I know Maybe like not... Boogie Nights or something. Is he in Boogie Nights? He's in Boogie Nights. I'm like, oh God. That
2: movie. <laughs> Johnny that
1: movie... need help. I'm in <laughs> drama. <laughs> help me.
2: I, I've seen very few Philip Seymour Hoffman movies that didn't deserve at least uh, Academy nods. Including this one. That moment where he's chasing Johnny down the hallway because he got caught smooching his buddy's girl.
1: And with he... the most put-on underbite ever. Oh, he, I think
2: he drools in this movie, too, right? Oh, like, God. he's supposed to just be, like, the the dumb bulldog friend who just chases Bulldog
1: him is the, the best description of him. Come here, you sticky of I'm gonna kill you, dead boy!
2: He pulls the fire axe, which...
1: That, like, escalated really fast. So he was teasing him with a bat. He breaks the bat on the lockers. and He's got no more bat. So... Oh look, the axe is right beside me, and then he pulls the axe out, and you're like, "Wait a minute, buddy! This is going beyond bullying for a second here."
2: Yeah, when he swings the axe back, it jams in the top of his head and kills him instantly. It's brilliant. Does anybody have fire axes anymore? Is that still a thing, or is it just like a? I think so what if what, what is if the they fire were...
1: axe for? Oh, like if you're trying Breaking to break down door a door or
2: something. Yeah, I would assume. I mean, honestly, if it were me and I was was planning a high school, instead of having a fire hose and an axe, I would just have a cell phone behind a glass window (laughs) that you could just call the fire department with.
1: Well, things are built so shitty now, though, is they burn in three minutes, so...
2: What's an axe gonna do?
1: Get you out in under three minutes.
2: Oh, you mean provide (laughs) oxygen to the fire that's already only going to take three minutes. I
1: think we just have emergency exits and stuff now, like things that unlatch and open real quickly.
2: (laughs) I can't imagine trying to trying to use an axe to get anywhere. And honestly, here's the thing. Place is burning down, sure, your life's in danger. As soon as you put, like, two swipes of that axe into a door, do you not immediately go, like, oh, I should probably say here's Johnny right now, right? <laughs> and, yeah, this is where he realizes that if he eats people, he'll uh, he'll be fine. And mom and dad are totally cool with it.
1: They kidnap a little boy who's, like, three... The parents are gold in this movie.
2: Yeah, th- th- she happens to kidnap the boy, th- the other... The brother of the kid that he, quote-unquote, kills at high school and takes him home for him to eat, Yeah.
1: And the town is not cool with it. The dad of the bully is trying to kill Johnny. The girl is slowly falling for Johnny for reasons of which I don't quite know why. Persistence. Yeah, I think she's just (laughs) flattered that he came back from the dead for her.
2: But as soon as he shows up at school for the first time, she's just grossed out. Nobody's amazed that he's back. Everybody's like, oh, what's up with the dead stinky kid?
1: Yeah. (laughs) And she's just like, I don't really want to go to prom with you. And she never really breaks up with her boyfriend. She would do well with Jim Carrey in the last movie because she starts dating this dead guy not really dating but she starts seeing this dead guy Mm. still has her jock boyfriend though
2: yeah the movie should be called my stalker's back
1: my my inappropriate crush is back
2: yeah i think the biggest laugh i got out of this entire movie is when that bully's dad shows up to the house
0: dingle yes i understand that your boy is a a zombie Mm -hmm. yes that's right well he killed and ate my boy today so me and some of the other guys decided to come over and talk to him well, uh oh, honey, this is the father of the boy that Johnny murdered in school today. Oh, I know how difficult it is to lose a son.
1: We lost Johnny just a couple of days ago.
0: Yes, ma'am. I'm still reeling. <laughs> <laughs> Stone face. Oh, man.
1: The weird thing, too, is the main character, Johnny, he didn't really do a whole lot more with his career. I think the last film credit he has on IMDb is from 2000. Mm. And same with the lead actress. She was in... Fright Night 2, I think. Okay. And not really a whole lot else. Matthew McConaughey is in this film. Yeah. He plays guy number two at the movie theater. He has one line. And it took us about 30 seconds to be like, was that Matthew McConaughey? Also, Matthew Fox from Lost Fame is in this movie.
2: Yeah, I saw that too, yeah.
1: And Renee Zellweger had a part that was cut out of the film.
2: Everybody's in it.
1: All these huge actors. And it's so odd that the leads just didn't... I don't know, like, amount to a whole bunch. Like, uh, they, they obviously had a lot of charisma in this film for all these big-name stars to be in it. Like, Philip, Philip Seymour Hoffman played a dunce bully. I love him
2: in everything. Such
1: an that. odd role.
2: But well, the movie's directed by Bob Balaban, right? Who I know you're relatively unfamiliar I'm with. Like, uh-huh. Yeah, but he's, like, <laughs> he's known. Like, we haven't seen his other film Parents, his first movie. And this movie actually got criticized for more or less reusing some of the jokes. Or at least rehashing oh, really? similar jokes. Oh. The actress that plays the mother in this movie is also in Parents, and Randy Quaid is the dad in that movie, and essentially it's like a kid thinks that his parents are like cannibalistic killers. Oh, fun! Apparently it's very good, and it's kind of quirky in, you know, the same way that you would see with Danny DeVito's movies. But he hasn't really directed too much else in terms of features after this. In terms of acting, uh, I know him mostly from Christopher Guest movies. He was in The Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. He's like the real estate guy. He's bald <laughs> the director the director of this movie is act an actor oh. most mostly mainly like i said i know him from comedies he's in close encounters of the third kind but you probably wouldn't recognize him in it you don't remember him from the pretty thing that lives in the house he's no. the, one of the three
1: actors i know like movie. i remember the husband i remember Hus- the pretty thing that lives in the house oh that's right and yeah. then i remember the other pretty thing that lives in
2: the house <laughs> <laughs> there are a few pretty things living in that house but either way, like he, um, he's obviously got a good eye on the camera. I'd like to see him direct more. He's done a lot of TV work, from what I can tell on IMDb. He even directed an episode of Oz.
1: So there's also this weird subplot with this doctor who's trying to find a cure for him, but then finds a cure for aging and decides to harness his skin Meanwhile, the town's trying to lynch mob him, and all he wants to do is take this girl to prom before he decays, and he's slowly losing parts. His ear falls off, his arm falls off, his nose falls off. He keeps having nightmares. There's a whole lot going on in this film. The only redeeming thing is how hilarious everybody is reacting to this dead kid.
2: Especially that doctor, right? So it's played by Austin Pendleton, which...
1: Who plays Santa in Christmas of the Cranks. That's exactly what I was (laughs) going to say for
2: you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, He's he's in fucking everything, though. That guy's in a shit ton of movies. And the thing that really gets me about this movie is the passing of time. (laughs) So like I was saying earlier, when... The oh, bullies... yeah, time
1: is fucked up. In this yeah, place.
2: when the bully's dad shows up to, like, kill her son. He's only been alive for a day? That doesn't make any goddamn sense. When he goes to see the doctor, he's like, Doctor, I got a problem. And then, boom, montage. We're doing test after test after test after test. And then we're sitting in his desk. Even and he when goes, happens... my ear fell off 20 minutes ago. Like, bro, you've been doing three weeks worth of tests.
1: <laughs> well, and two, he says, like, I only died a day ago. And you're like, wait, what? So they had the funeral the day you died? Like, I don't understand. That's such a
2: good point. It's like they really had this planned out. Like, okay, if the kid's gone, he'll be in the ground by dinner.
1: This whole movie took place over two days, I think. Like, prom was literally Friday, and he died on Monday.
2: Oh, that kind of makes sense. Like, he would wait till the last minute to ask about prom.
1: The timeline doesn't work, John. Stop trying to talk yourself into it. No, it sure
2: doesn't. I don't even... Yeah. Not gonna tackle that. His rate of decomposition is also kind of strange, but whatever. Did you have you read anywhere that people are saying comparing all of the zombie problems to just the regular teenage problems? Which okay, or they're trying to be like
1: metaphors, ripe with metaphors. More or less, I don't know. Like
2: him talking about wanting to eat her, or her saying like, "Do you want to eat me?" kind of thing is the sexual aspect of it and the urges. But his decomposition is more about say acne and also i don't believe like acne acne and puberty and then the fact that he's ostracized because he's a zombie he's an outsider and an outcast
1: i don't think that's necessarily a deep metaphor though he has a dream about her being like eat me and they put these like campy ass pigtails on her and put her in like a cheerleader uniform like at that point what the metaphor is
2: at that point it's strange yeah of course i never really thought about him falling apart as being like, my body's doing all of these weird changes. Yeah,
1: like maybe he's a zombie and it's about a zombie.
2: Maybe it's also just about being a zombie, yeah.
1: So he does get to take her to prom. She has to sneak out of her house. There's a weird there's just because a bunch her dad's of stuff sheriff yeah a bunch of stuff happens and then
2: they up, <laughs> one two, skip of you
1: they end up going to prom and then he they do their one dance and then he collapses on the ground and he dies for reals. yeah and then you think but... he's gonna end <laughs> yep. and he ends up in heaven and then the <laughs> angel at the gate is like, oh my god, we totes fucked up. you weren't supposed <laughs> to die in the convenience store. And so they (sighs) send him back. Yep. And then he still gets shot. Yep. And you think he's gonna die anyways? Then you find out this is the piece de fucking stalker resist off. Yeah. He is wearing a locket that he gave her in the previous plot that didn't actually happen. It's a locket of... The two of them as children, like mm-hmm. four and five year olds, and at this point he hasn't even talked to this girl. None of the stuff in the film has happened. He's never kissed her. He never took her to prom. They never dated. She has they've no barely idea. talked. She has no idea who he is. In
2: fact, when he was six years old and he wanted to give her that locket. Did not say a word to her. Was too shy at his own birthday party to give her a locket.
1: And the locket blocks the bullet. She looks at it and she's flattered about his inappropriate behavior.
2: I don't even know if I'd call it inappropriate. It's terrifying.
1: That is terrifying. Can you imagine real life Somebody you barely know wears it on a regular basis. Like, you, you would have to assume that he's just in a convenience store wearing a locket of you as a child.
2: Underneath his shirt, too, so that way she's as close to his heart as possible. Oh my god. This that is grounds
1: for a murder. <laughs> one of those restraining orders. Yeah, definitely. Like, one of those. Dis- Her dad's things. the sheriff.
2: They don't even have to have a restraining order. He could just say, get the fuck out of town by sundown. <laughs> yeah,
1: really. Dad is funny, too.
2: Oh yeah, Dad's great. He's
1: this weird character. I can't even describe him.
2: He's like a goofy cartoonist John Wayne.
1: Yeah. I really liked this movie. It's good. It's it's got its weird quirks, but the sense of humor is so up my alley.
2: It's crazy that I watched this movie so much as a kid. And I mean honestly, it's not like it's like super inappropriate either.
1: No, it's not too bad. It's the I... same as any teen movie. Like yeah. the way I was saying about once bitten how that is very on the nose most teen movies are like this movie and they kind of dance around the theme so that it's not up in the air
2: but as a kid you don't like you don't necessarily clue into all of it you may get an idea like oh they're talking about sex but you don't really understand any of it and you're not really going to repeat it
1: although now that i recall there is a moment in this in this movie when he's dreaming we don't quite know it's a dream yet because there's a whole bunch of those oh my god wait it was just a dream and his falls off and rolls down his pajama oh my pants
2: god. that's right and then she can't possibly date him now <laughs> completely forgot about that
1: literally like and there's weird like clunk clunk sound effects
2: yeah <laughs> it's ew. like somebody's dropping a tin can And like a bowling ball case. is
1: rolling down his leg oh god the sound effects are weird every time like his nose got put back on, i was like plunk like yeah. a soundboard it
2: sounds like a cartoon and I think that's probably what they were going for. Like let's make a cartoon. Yeah. Those shots from his handlebars totally something that you'd see in like Hey Arnold or Doug, right? What? Like it's 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 a fucking cartoon.
1: And with a lot of voiceovers and a lot of comic books. So what's your rating of the film?
2: That's hard. And I can't really say that I have a nostalgia bump for it, because I didn't really remember it. I just knew that I watched it a lot for some dumb reason. You know the best part, too? I didn't own it. I rented it a lot. (laughs) Like, I literally spent money all the time on this movie, and I don't remember a goddamn thing about it. I'm going to give this movie a 2.5 out of 4.
1: I'm going to give it a 2.5 out of 4. I thought it was pretty funny. But we want to hear from you. Head over to Twitter right now and vote on our poll at Nofs Podcast. if you liked Once Bitten or My Boyfriend's Back.
2: Yeah, these films are both absolutely crazy. You're a special kind of person if you've seen Once Bitten. I want to hear from the people that watched this as kids. Yeah,
1: I want to know, I want to hear from people who saw it when it came out and the sense of humor and the weird other stuff in it. Yeah. Wait, was it funny? Did you laugh? Did you see it as a kid? Did your parents let you watch it? Are you
2: currently listening to this podcast in a padded room because it affected you that much?
1: But that's it from us this week. If you're looking to support the show, head to our brand new merch shop. It's at store.nofspodcast.com. We have our brand new holiday tees. We have an enamel pin pre-sale, maybe if they haven't sold out. And we have tons of new merchandise. We have hats. We have a full zip hoodie. And there's our regular stuff, t-shirts and stuff. And they're all at a pretty good price. And they're really awesome. We have all of them. Not because we're fans of the podcast. Um, <laughs>
2: I'm not a big fan But of because
1: when we go to conventions and stuff, I love not having to worry about what I wear. Because <laughs> I just pack all Black Nightmares around film street shirt
2: honestly that has been kind of a blessing
1: it's the best thing ever we have a uniform now whenever we go to any horror or anything like oh gotta wear the name around film street shirt
2: soon enough i'm going to have one of those stereotypical movie wardrobes where instead of it being like the same black suit over and over it's just like a black t-shirt a black hoodie and a black pair of pants oh what's that winter no problem got a christmas sweater too it's gonna be great i can't wait for it but check out that pin. I'm really excited. We just launched our Cinema Cemetery collection. They're currently on a pre-order right now. So if there's yours, any left. That's okay. The asterisk on that. <laughs> Very limited quantity. But we will be shipping those out in Very a few soon. short weeks. Yeah. yeah,
1: I'm so excited. We have a whole bunch of pins planned out for the coming months. And it's going to be the best pin collection ever. So exciting. But that's it from us this week. Thank you again for listening. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're grabbing it so you can catch the next one in your feed. It will be out on Thursday.
2: But above all else, stay stay creepy. creepy.
0: It appears you made it out alive. Just long enough to tell the tale of the nightmare on Film Street. Help us grow the horde. Leave a review on iTunes or wherever you subscribe. Continue this week's conversation on Twitter by following at NOFS Podcast. And as always, more terror can be found lurking on our website, www.nightmareonfilmstreetpodcast.com. Until next week, stay creepy,
3: fiends.